Can I get two good amens? Amen. amen. Awesome. So open up your Bible. Go to Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, we're going to read this morning uh, from the passage of Isaiah's theophany. And if you don't know what a theophany is, theophany is a theological term used when a human being encounters God. All right. And so there are multiple theophanies throughout the Bible. And during this glory and wonder series, we've been trying to talk a little bit about the mystery, talk a little bit about the wonder and the encounter of the people of God in the scriptures and how they con how they connected with the living God. And so today we're going to talk about the prophet Isaiah's theophany. We're going to talk about his mysterious encounter with God and the results and the fruit of that encounter that he had. I'm going to read verses one through nine. Uh, to you guys, and then we'll spend a little time talking about it. So if you're there, just say amen. amen. Awesome. If you're not, we'll have it on the screen here. We'll read it together. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Everybody say angels. angels. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. So we see right here, Isaiah is having an encounter with the living God that is mysterious. Now, it's, it, it's really tough to explain. If you had this experience, how many of you guys would say, man, that'd be so easy. I could just explain that to everyone. You know what I mean? Like, this is a mysterious encounter that Isaiah is having. And one called to another. Everybody said the angels? Because that's what's happening. It says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, now this is Isaiah talking. He's having an encounter, and this is how he reacts to the encounter. He says, woe is me, for I am lost, for, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Man, how many of you guys know that's the good news right there? That's the gospel. You know, your guilt has been taken away. Amen. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, now get this, go and say. So I want to preach to you guys this morning from the subject of go and say, amen? amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We know that it's everlasting, that it's unchangeable, but that it shakes everything that can be shaken. And so we just give you permission today to shake us in the best way. And we just declare that your word is transforming our life and every life that we touch in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Isaiah chapter 6. This is one of my favorite verses of Scripture. I, I, I love what happens to Isaiah because what we're getting here is a, we're getting this sneak peek into an encounter, a mysterious, unexplainable encounter that this prophet has with the living God. Now, I'm sure a lot of you guys have had mysterious, unexplainable encounters with the living God. And maybe you had an experience like Isaiah where you met with God and your response was, here I am send me, right? Like whatever it looks like, God, whatever it feels like, whatever it sounds like, I don't care. I just say yes and amen, Lord. Anybody ever been there before? Yeah. Man, I've been there multiple times in my life, you know, where you just don't care what anybody thinks about you. 
you're worshiping still, and they're trying to take up the offering, and they're like, excuse me, ma'am, go sit down. You're just lost. Okay, so nobody else in here but me. So you, it's like that, that's the kind of encounter that Isaiah's having. It's like this mysterious, unexplainable encounter. And he has a dialogue with the living God. I mean, he sees angels and there's smoke and there's all these things that take place as he's having this encounter. But the result of the encounter is God commissions him. How many commissioned people have in the house this morning? Amen. Two people. I'm going to get you guys talking to me before it's all said and done. All right. How many commissioned people I have in the house this morning? Amen. Amen. You've been if you're a born again believer, you've been commissioned. And so Isaiah, he has this commissioning and God says, I want you to go and say, and all of us, we've had this commissioning. Like if you're a Christian, like we don't make it optional whether or not you're on mission for the Lord. How many of you guys know that the great commandment is not titled the great suggestion? It's not, it doesn't have a heading over Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it says, thus saith the Lord, the great option when you feel like it. No, but because you have the spirit of God that lives on the inside of you, you have been commissioned to fulfill the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about your strength, your education or your ability. It's about his grace and his spirit that empowers you to do it. But you have to yield to the word of the Lord over your life. That is go and say, go and say. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I love to learn. Anybody else in here love to learn? I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I mean, I read like 18 books a year and sometimes more than that, but that's kind of my routine. That's my schedule. You know, I read a certain percentage of a book every morning and read my Bible and I pray. That's what I do. I love to learn. I love to study. And, and I'm a sucker for an e-course. Anybody else in here? You know what I'm talking about? You know what an e-course is? You get online and you find like this splash page and it's just one big long page and you keep reading it. It's got all these testimonials and it's like, it's $500. And by the time you get down to the bottom, it's like, it's $200. And you get down to the bottom, it's like, it's 50 bucks. You know what I'm saying? You ever seen one of those before? Okay, so some of you guys haven't. All right, okay. So like, it's, it's got a video that you can't fast forward. You know, you know, it's like this whiteboard video. It's like, it's 80 minutes long, but you don't know that. You're just like, you watching it all day? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's like a splash page, right? Okay, so for me, like I find those pages and I just get sucked in. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm like, I'm not even gonna skip through this video. I'm just gonna watch all 60 minutes of this random hand drawing on this whiteboard about all these things that I have to know in order for my life to be great, Right? You guys know what I'm talking about. You find it on YouTube, it comes up in the ad, and there's a dude and he's standing in front of a Lamborghini and he's like, I'm only 14 years old and I'm a multi-billionaire. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about now, yeah. And you could do this too. Just click on this link right here. And you're just sucked in. You're like, yeah, I wanna drive a Lamborghini. Bam, you know, and it takes you to this page and basically they start to pitch you and they say, unless you get this course, you're not going to have a great life. But this is the key. This is the secret. This is the thing that you just haven't figured out yet in your 45 years of life. This is the one thing that you've overlooked that you've not been privy to. And it will only cost you this amount of money. And then you will have the one thing that you need to do something great in your life. Anybody else seen those pages? I am a sucker for those pages. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm the one that buys that crap. Like, 
they get me. I'm telling you too. Okay, I've probably bought like 10 of those. All right, like, like yeah, I do need that. Bam, you know, and then they lay it out and it's like just an, it's like a PDF. It's like I paid 700 bucks for a PDF, you know. You, you know, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about because you've all bought something like that, right? You know, and it's, it's like, it's like, it'll take you six weeks to do. I got, to be honest, like I've never even finished one of those. I've tried to finish them. Like I've made it into like week four, week five. And, and, and like, I haven't finished it and it hasn't yielded the results that it promised me. You know, that guy in front of the Lamborghini six weeks ago, I don't have no Lambo yet, bro. Like I'm not even close to getting that, you know, and it just sort of fades away. It just sort of fades out. But the reason I'm telling you guys this story is because I feel like it's a really good example of where we are today as a culture. And if I dare to say as a Christian culture, all right, because we're always learning, right? We're addicted to learning. We want another book. We got to listen to another podcast. We got to, you know, make sure that we download that one thing that's the secret to success for us to be great for God, you know, that we're just missing this one thing. And we, we get into this cycle of learning and then we don't do any doing at all. We don't go after fulfilling what God has spoken over our lives. We just keep learning that one more thing that's going to enable us to do it well. We live in a culture today, guys, that is so passionate about learning. They are addicted to learning, but they are allergic to doing. We live in a culture today, even a church culture. I'm going to dare and be courageous and say this. As a church culture, we are addicted to learning and allergic to doing. We, we, we want to learn. We want to have more books. We want to have more podcasts. We want to do more e-courses, but we don't necessarily want to do anything. And we wouldn't say it like that. We, we, would, we would never say that, you know, because we've bought into this idea that reading the Bible is the equivalent to living the Bible. But it's, it's not. Reading the Bible does not equal the Bible. As a church culture, we've become so familiar with the Bible, but yet so unfamiliar with its author. Man, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing something, I'm doing something awesome because, because I'm reading, you know, I'm doing something awesome because I'm learning. I'm doing something awesome because I'm taking the e-courses I'm doing, you know, I'm doing something great. And then we get stuck in this cycle and then we start to recognize, man, I don't really actually seem to be fulfilling my purpose. I'm just stuck in this cycle of learning all the time. And that's the thing, like if you're going to go and say, if you're going to fulfill the commissioning of God upon your life, at some point you're going to have to graduate. At some point you're actually going to have to go, and at some point you're actually going to have to say, amen? Amen. When I was in high school, you guys, I was not a good student. I'll be honest with you guys. So today I'm a good student. I read a lot. In high school, not a good student. Didn't read very much. I think I read one Goosebumps book in fifth grade, and that was it. You know, that that was it, okay? That's all I read. And so as a senior in high school, I was getting by because I paid girls to do my homework. Yep, I'm so sorry to admit. I know I, it's God has removed my guilt, brother. Okay, it's, I, I've been set free from my shame. But a few weeks before I was going to walk, you know, the graduate, you know, senior, everything, everybody's buying their, their cap and gown, getting all their stuff. I bought mine. And, and the guidance counselor called me in the office and said, Lyle, listen, you're not going to graduate. I said, what? I've been here for... This long, what are you talking about? Yeah, you're not going to graduate law. Your grades are just not where they need to be. You're not going to get to walk with your class. You know, I just want to prepare you now so that you're not discouraged when, you know, a few more weeks go by because we're not, you know, not going to give you a diploma. 
And uh, I said, well, what do I have to do? You know, and she said, well, you can do this extra stuff. You can kick it into gear, you know, and then we'll, we'll, we'll let you graduate. And, and how many of you guys know that's all you need to hear, right? Because you're like, man, I got to get out of here, you know? And I think they just wanted me to leave, to be honest with you. I wasn't the best kid at the time. Now, you know, we're going to let you go. But I kicked it into gear. I, I did, honestly. I worked, I worked harder than I had the other 12 years. Like, I kicked it into gear. And, uh, yeah, just being real. And uh, so I, I worked really hard, and, and I got to walk. But, you know, what, what caused me to work really hard was the fact that I was like, dude, I don't want to be a fifth-year sh- senior. You know, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to be a fifth-year senior. You know, but you see, you see some, like, they're six-year seniors. You see some college people, they're ninth-year seniors. You know what I mean? I'm not dogging you. All I'm saying is I think we have a lot of fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth-year seniors in the church. You know, it's like, hey, dude, graduate. Like, God's actually given you permission to leave campus and go and say, go and say, and go and say and do something. But we feel so uncomfortable not sitting at a desk. You know, it's just like, well, this is the world that I know because, you know, I got my, my, my free lunch card and I need to go to the cafeteria and I need to make sure I get that book and I need to get that syllabus. And like, this is just my Christian culture. Can I tell you that God has given you the grace to graduate? You don't have to be stuck in a cycle of learning because God has commissioned you to start doing. To go and say, to go and tell people about the goodness of God in your life, to go and share testimonies, to go and to prophesy, to go and release. Even if you want these pictures, I'll text them to you. You know, share them with somebody at your workplace or at your school. Like, go and say. Everybody say, go and say. Stop learning and start doing. You know, when I was a kid, I... um, there was, there was, um, there was something I used to do every, every now and then. Wasn't that often. I'll be honest. Wasn't that often. All right. But I I would cuss. Yeah, I know. I know. Every now and then I cuss, you know, I saw it in the movies and I thought it was cool and I would cuss. But here's the thing. It's like, if I ever got caught cussing, my mom would wash my mouth out with soap. And anybody else in here? Okay, there's like four people, so you understand this. But listen, my mom, my mom didn't like just like gently get a, like a baby wipe and like touch and go. I mean, dude, she, she lathered that thing up, you know, just like looking at me in the eyes. Of, oh, oh, you about to get that. You know, bet you wish you wouldn't have said that now. You know, bet you wish you wouldn't have said that. You know, I'm like, no, mom, it's good. I, I learned my lesson. It's fine. No, no, no. Come here, boy. And then I have to stick out my tongue. And she'd be like, wider. You know, uh, and she'd get back there with the bar. It wasn't even like a washcloth. She had... <laughs> Bet you won't say that again. No, ma'am. And you just like burping bubbles, you know, for like the next day and a half, you know. And this, that, I'm, I'm serious. That, that's, that, if I got in trouble for saying a bad word, you know, that's, that's what would happen. And, and you, know, you know what a bad word is. It's one of those four-letter words, right? But, you know, I think we still do a whole lot of, you know, Christian cussing today. And I'm not just talking about cuss words. I'm talking about four-letter dirty words. And one in particular that Isaiah offered up to the Lord when he had his encounter, which is this. I can't. Can't is a dirty word in the kingdom of God because a lot of times we spend so much time in prayer telling God about the things that we can't do that God has already spoken to us that we can do. He's, so we had this encounter with Jesus, right? Isaiah has this encounter with God. And the first thing Isaiah says is, woe is me. That's the equivalent of I can't, right? 
And woe is an interesting thing. Woe, right, W-O-E. It's not what Drake was saying, like, I'm running through the six with my woes. It's a, it's a different lyric, okay? All right? Hey, I'm just saying, I like that line because the, you know what it stands for? Working on excellence. Y'all my woes. What's up? So Isaiah's like, Isaiah's like, woe is me. What's he doing? He's saying, I can't. Hold on, hold on, wait just one second. Wait, wait just one second here. Whatever that job is that you're about to pass down, let me just say I'm not the guy for the job. Woe is me. Uh-uh, not here, not me. Whoa, I can't. I can't do that. There's no way that's gonna be possible. Guys, I can't is an epitaph. You know what an epitaph is? It's what they write on your gravestone. And that will bury you. Because we keep saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, God's already told you that you can. He's already told you that you can go and say. You've already been commissioned to go and say. And so when we offer up, I can't, it's the exact same thing that Isaiah says when he's like, woe is me. But the great thing about what God does with Isaiah in that moment, when Isaiah says, woe is me, you know, I'm a sinner. I am lost. That's what Isaiah actually says. He says, I am lost. And he said, I'm not cleaned up. Are you sure you got the right guy? Like, I see the smoke. I see the angels. Like, this is amazing. This is fantastic. I went to church on Sunday morning in March at Legacy Nashville, and I've had an encounter with Jesus. All that is all good. But God, I think you got the wrong guy, because not only can I not do that, I am a sinner. I am messed up on the inside. And you guys hear me today telling you, encouraging you, hey, go and say, go and say, go and say, right? But then at the same time, you might be confronted with your shame in the same way Isaiah was. You might be confronted with your sin. You say, man, I'm a sinner. Yeah, Lyle, you don't know me. I think you think you know my life. Maybe you think you know what that's about, but you don't know what my life is about. I am a sinner. I'm not cleaned up. What I think is fascinating about this is, as he begins to talk, as Isaiah begins to talk, he begins to say, hey, look, I'm a man of unclean lips. Notice that Isaiah's starting to confess his sin. How many of you guys in here know what that's like, right? We've all confessed our sin to the Lord. Well, the one thing that Isaiah confessed was the one thing that God cleansed. You ever noticed that before? When Isaiah starts to say, I'm a sinner, he says, I'm a sinner because I have, a, I have unclean lips. And so how did God respond? God actually responded by meeting the need that Isaiah had in the moment so that he could fulfill the commissioning and then go and say. He said, oh, it's your lips that are the problem? It's your lips that are causing you to sin? Well, let me send an angel from the altar and he's gonna bring a coal and he's gonna touch that exact place that you struggle with because your struggles are not gonna hold you back from your commissioning. I have said to you to go and say, so that you don't need to examine your sin. You don't need to focus on what you've done wrong because the father is not focusing on your sin. When the father looks at you, he's focusing on the blood of his son. His focus is not on what you did wrong. His focus is on the righteousness of his son that's over your life. And whatever that sin is for you today, I want you to know if you are struggling with one thing, if there's one thing going on in your world that you feel like is holding you back from your commissioning, then God is going to meet that need today in Jesus name and hit that very thing that's holding you back from walking in your commissioning. And he said, well, man, woe is me, God. I, I got unclean lips. I got unclean lips. You guys know, Isaiah did not need a shower, okay? Isaiah needed a new mouth. He understood what God was asking him to do. He under, everybody in here pretty much said, yes, I understand, Lyle. 
I've been commissioned. I'm a world changer. I've been called to do something about the faith that I've received because of what Jesus Christ did for me on Calvary. Like, I, I believe that loud. Yes, that's me. I've been commissioned. And I say, man, you're called to go and say, you say yes, that's me. That's me, right? And you're doing the same thing. Just like, just like Isaiah said, yes, here I am, send me. God cleanses his lips. Isaiah needed a new mouth. You know why? Because he was called to be a prophet. And how are you going to prophesy and curse with the same lips? He said, okay, this is, the, this is your problem here. Bam. Here's where I'm going to heal you. I, there's a lot of you guys in here. You know you're called to be prophetic. You know you're called to prophesy. You know you're called to speak the word of the Lord. You know you're called to go and say, but you, 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 you're, not, you're not releasing heaven through your lips. You constantly are releasing hell through your mouth. Man, I've never heard more Christian cussing than I have recently today. Like, how are you going to prophesy and drop the F-bomb with the same mouth? So all I'm saying, I know there's a lot of people who are like, man, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a worship pastor. I want to be a, you know, I want to, I want to use my mouth for the kingdom of God. I want to speak what God's word. I want to change the world. I want to do something. Well, you need a new mouth. Is it okay if I sit here for a little bit until it gets uncomfortable? Honestly, it's not that you need a shower. You need a new mouth. If you're going to go and say you have to have a mouth that's been touched by a burning coal, that's been cleansed up by the power of God so that you can speak the word of God without shame and without guilt. And it's not just the cussing, you know, it's not just, just it's, it's not just that, but it's also the complaining. You know that complaining is the language of hell. The more you complain, the harder it is to recognize heaven anywhere. Yeah, complain. It's a super glue to hell. It keeps you stuck there. The more you complain, the less you see that's good. And then somebody else shouted something out the other day, or, or, or earlier today, which was gossiping. Okay. You know, right? How are you going to prophesy and gossip with the same mouth? You think God is going to entrust the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of God to you when you can't keep a secret about somebody else's sin longer than two minutes without telling? Oh, girl, I got something to tell you. Can you believe what so-and-so did? Let me, hey, we should pray for them. You try to make it spiritual, but the reality is it's just gossip. And you can't figure out why nobody won't let you testify. Is this okay? I'm messing with you a little bit, but... I think it is real, honestly, because the Lord convicted me about this personally, even for me personally. I'm like, you know, I don't I, I don't cuss regularly. You know what I mean? I, I try to stop myself. I say something in, inappropriate, you know, but I felt like the Lord was like, hey, look, you need to check yourself, man. Because the world has enough voices complaining about what's going wrong. What it needs is some prophets who are going to stand up and point the way to what's right. And if you're going to go and say, and you're going to commission other people and you've had an encounter and you're going to walk and become an encounter so that other people can have encounters, then you need your lips cleansed with the cult. And he said, well, that's what's wrong with me, God. I, I, I have unclean lips. Like that was Isaiah's problem. You, you probably have a, a different problem. Maybe you have that problem. If you do, then be cleansed today and set free from that stuff. 
But what I think is so interesting is that as Isaiah begins to talk to the Lord about why he's not qualified for the job to go and to say, you know, he says, hey, man, let me interrupt you. Like, I'm not qualified. I can't do that. I'm a sinner. I have unclean lips. But he continues on. You guys notice this? He says, I actually live in the midst of a people with unclean lips. Like, not only am I unclean, but all my community is unclean. Like, my friends are unclean. Like, they talk bad as well. They're sinners. They're lost as well. And as I started to think about that, I realized that our commissioning to go and say, sometimes it's us that holds us back from that commissioning, but sometimes it's our friends. And we bought into this philosophy that it is somehow unchristian to break off unhealthy relationships. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't break off unhealthy relationships, you know, because I'm a, I'm a believer. I want to be Christ-like. You know, I want to be nice. Nice is not being Christ-like. Nice is being Southern. All right? All right? We're, we, we, we do that because we're, you know, we're from the South. So we think everything's got to be nice. Things gotta be. Jesus was often not nice. You know, but what Jesus was always kind. Because, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not about the way the other person feels. It's about the motivation of the one saying it. Yeah. Yeah, right. And he said what he said in love. Yeah. And, it, and it didn't always feel nice, but it was always born out of a place of kindness, which yeah. is a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Some of you guys need to break up with people. You need to break up and leave behind unhealthy relationships because they're getting in the way of you fulfilling your commissioning. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel any shame. You shouldn't feel any regret. You shouldn't feel held back by them. You should let them go. Because sometimes to grow is to go. Let me say that like five more times. Sometimes to grow is to go. It's not unchristian for you to break up with unhealthy people. Now, if God has spoken to you about that relationship, you need to obey Jesus. But if he hasn't, goodbye. Bye, Felicia. Bye. Well, that's my friend. No, they're not. They're not your friend because they don't remind you of your purpose in God. They remind you of who you used to be before you got on that cross. And every single time you try to walk in your purpose, every single time you try to step out in faith, every single time you start to declare the word of the Lord, they're there. They just throw water on your fire. Well, that ain't how you used to talk. Hey, remember that one night that we did this? That ain't how you used to be. I remember when you used to be like this. You're like, I'm not that anymore. I'm not dead anymore. I'm alive in Christ. And you're trying to run the race with Jesus and they're shoveling dirt in your face. Get back in the grave. Get back. I remember when you were this person. Now that's the dead person. You don't know me now, obviously, because you're relating to me on who I used to be. Stop trying to give CPR to a corpse. That guy, he's dead. He's gone. Let me walk in the fullness of the light and the high calling of Christ. Well, I got to be nice. No, you don't have to be nice. You're called to change the world. You're called to go and say. You're called to do something great for God. You're, you're called to walk in union with Jesus Christ. You're called to walk in intimacy and be the change that the world needs. And you're not going to do that by playing patty cake with every single person that holds you back from your purpose that you used to know in the sixth grade because you used to be friends. Let them go. Bye. See ya. You know what a kingdom friend is? A kingdom friend reminds you of who you're becoming. That's, who, that's what a kingdom friend is. A person who is not really your friend is they remind you of who you used to be. 
Real friends are the people you share a future with. Acquaintances, those are the people you share a past with. Now, how can two walk together unless they agree? You know, it's like a three-legged race. Like, I see this picture. Like, some of you guys in here, you've strapped your leg to a person that's trying to move in an opposite direction. And you're trying to follow God. Hey, come on. We're, we're going to move this way. They're not interested. Let them go. Cut the rope. Let them go. Am I giving you permission? Good. I want you to take permission. Because it's necessary. It's ne- Let them go. <laughs> Break up with them. Say goodbye to them. You're not who you used to be. I, I, find, I find that that happens, that happens a lot. I, honestly, for me in my own life, like as a pastor, can I be honest with you guys for a second? As a pastor, you know what my calling is? It's to, it's to serve you and to love you and to build the church of Jesus Christ. But, you know, I've noticed in the previous seasons, I've kept people really close to me that hate church. Bye. I broke up with them. You know why? Because God's calling on my life is to build his church. So I cannot surround myself in my inner circle with people who hate church. It's unhealthy for me. They're going to hold me back from walking in obedience to Jesus Christ. I hope, I pray that one day we come back around again and we get to hang out. But at least for this season, it's like, hey, man, see you. Pray for you. I'll see you in heaven. I love you. Bless you. You guys with me? Is this too real, too personal? Okay, all right. Last thing I want to say. So, um, with Isaiah, all of us have a choice, you guys. We received this encounter. God's called us to go and say, we're called to share the gospel. We're called to share testimonies. You know, all of us, all of us are called to that. We, we know that. We believe that. But here's also, at the same time, you know that whole thing I, I talked about in the beginning of, like, studying? I'm not ready. I just need to study. You guys ever heard this before? Well, I'm just waiting on a word. Yeah, I mean, you guys know, two-thirds of God's name is go. You guys know that? If he's not saying no, he's probably saying yes. He's a faithful father. If you walk in intimacy with him, he'll correct your course. Man plans in his heart the way that he should go, but the Lord directs his steps. He's faithful. You ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you are walking in the wrong direction, I can promise you he's going to tap your shoulder. Hey, move over here. This is not the right way. Move here. But I hear that a lot. Man, I'm just waiting on a word. I'm just waiting on a word. You know, Isaiah, he has this experience. He has this encounter. And and the Bible says that he sees the Lord that is on the throne. You know who the Lord is that is on the throne? Jesus Christ. Amen. We know that today as New Covenant believers. And the book of John tells us that Jesus is the word made flesh. Amen. And so you don't have to wait on a word when you have Jesus. You don't have to know exactly what to say when you have Jesus. You just tell your testimony. You just tell your story. You just tell about the encounter that you have with Jesus. I don't know. I don't have a word. I don't know what I'm going to say. You have Jesus. I want to read one last scripture to you guys. It's the last scripture up there. And uh, it's from, it's, it's from Psalm, uh, Psalms. Um, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he, re- those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. 
If you don't know what to say whenever you're going, just say this, your story. Just say your testimony. Just talk about how you've experienced Jesus Christ, and that's good. Now, another translation says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I love that translation because in the same way that the rocks were going to cry out, you know, I'm like, man, ain't no rocks going to cry out on my time. As one of the redeemed, I'm going to say something. Amen. Amen. So I just want to invite you guys to stand. We're going to pray. And I hope that today has been helpful for you because we got Easter coming up in a few weeks. And you guys all know that there are people out there who do not walk with the Lord. They, they, they don't know Jesus. They've never met Jesus. Or maybe they have in the past, but they've just simply walked away from him today. And you're going to have an opportunity to invite them to church. Because people who are not saved love to come to church on Easter. I don't know what it is. It's like a traditional thing, right? They went when they were a kid or something. And so what I want to ask you to do, and one of the reasons why I'm sharing this message, is because... I want to commission you to go and say over the next two weeks, I want you to invite somebody to church with you on Easter because we're going to make Easter all about him and about them. Is that okay for you guys? Because we want to see people come into the family and not just legacy, but the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And so if you, if you're feeling that today, you're like, man, I, that's me law. I, I, I'm here today, and it's not Easter, but I need to come home. I need a fresh, a refreshing with Jesus Christ. I want to be saved. I want to be set free for day, today. Well, just everybody, please close your eyes, bow your head. And if you're in that place today, I just want to invite you to lift up your hand real quick. We're going to pray with you because today is your day. Awesome. Amen. I see you. Amen. Today is your day. Amazing. We're going to pray with you all together. If you lift your hand, I saw you lift your hand. We're going to pray with you all together. Everybody, everybody in here, all together. We're going to pray with you because you're not just coming into, you know, a religious experience. You're coming into a kingdom. You're coming into a family. You're coming into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of us collectively say, Father, Father, I repent. repent. I'm a sinner. I receive receive the sacrifice sacrifice of of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross. I receive his blood blood. and I confess confess that by his blood blood, I have been purchased I have been been set free and my sin has been washed away today today. in Jesus name name. fill me with the Holy Spirit Spirit. I rely on your grace grace. and from this day forward I walk with Jesus. Everyone said, amen, 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 amen. Amazing. For those of you guys that prayed that today, man, today is the start of a brand new season of your life. It's not just going to be a little season, a little window. It's going to be for the rest of your life that you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of heaven is rejoicing with you in this moment. All of heaven, we rejoice with you. Brother, sister, we rejoice with you. Thank you, God. So, Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you've spoken into our lives. We thank you for an amazing church family. We thank you for a community that's a part of something. And, God, we just pray into this season, into this next season. 
And we just declare, God, you're bringing souls into your kingdom, that you're transforming the city through this family, that you're sowing into the unity of the spirit and love in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I'll have Stephen come and close us up. But if you don't mind, just like high five, like two or three people around you say, man, that was a word for me. That was a word for me. Thank you, Lyle. Can we all give Pastor Lyle a hand for such a good word? If we could have the ministry team, come, go ahead and come forward. If you're on the ministry team, um, just want to commission you guys this week. Uh, reminders as well that this Saturday, we got Sean Foyt and the Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry team coming out. It's going to be a great night, 7 to 9. And then before that, we are Nashville. Um, going to be coming. Uh, that's this Saturday morning at what time, Phil? 1030. 10.30. There it is. All right. And, and the Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry team is going to be joining us that morning. Commission you guys this week to walk in the calling that the Lord has spoken over you. Come down here. If you accepted the Lord, we'd love to pray with you and commission you forward in that new uh, life and walk with the Lord. If you just want to get re-cleansed, come on down and we'll pray for you. Have a great day, guys. We Are Nashville is meeting here, correct? Or so, not here? Where's it at? Check social media. There you go. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good week.